Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, frequent panelist on Collider Movie Talk. Let's make some mayhem. Shoot and loot your way through a mayhem-fueled adventure in Borderlands 3. Blast through new worlds and enemies as one of four new playable vault hunters, each with deep-skilled trees, abilities, and customization. You've got all new characters, over a billion guns. You can play alone or with friends, and it's available September 13th. You can take on insane enemies, score loads of loot, and save the galaxy from a fanatical threat. Again, mayhem is coming September 13th on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Pre-order now at Borderlands.com. Rated M for Mature. Stay little chico, pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on Movie Talk, we're talking about the recent interview with Todd Phillips, where he talks about the Joker and Batman movies not connecting. And of course, we've got some more news on Tank Girl. That's right, Margot Robbie's rebooting this thing. We've got a director now. We're going to talk about it all on Collider Movie Talk. Oh, Movie Talk. Look, look at the way the logo like, it's vibrant. It's talk. It's like, talk. Let's talk about this. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm the host uh, today, once again, uh, John Roca sliding in for Perry Nemiroff, who's still up in the great white north doing God knows what, seeing God knows what. But I know she saw Joker last night, so follow her on Twitter. She's been dropping her reviews. And we got a lot of reviews on the Collider.com YouTube channel as well, with Perry telling us about a lot of the movies she got a chance to see up there. I'm super jealous, but hey, 
I'm okay handling things down here on Collider Movie Talk because I got two incredible people riding along with me here. Haley Fouch back again after yesterday, survived it, and Mark Riley is there as well. How are you, Mark? I'm good. Uh, happy to be here as always. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thank How you. How are you, uh, Haley? Oh, I'm good. Surviving the, the, the TIFF crazies. We got a lot of reviews up on the dot com, too, which means we got a lot less staff, and it's a fun time to <laughs> oh work through. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's a hot time. We know all about it, everyone at this table. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, one of, the, one of the things that happened at TIFF was the Joker movie screening. That was last night. A lot of people got to see it who didn't get to see it, probably in the earlier screenings for Warner Brothers. So already there have been some tweets out there from some newer critics who got a chance to see it, had their thoughts about it. But we want to talk about this interview that Todd Phillips did with Variety. He spoke uh, with them about the Batman, or about the Joker movie, and then he was asked about whether the Batman, this is on the red carpet, whether the Batman, Matt Reeves' Batman, will cross over in the Joker movie. Will we see something in the Batman that is tied to the Joker movie? Will Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Pattinson go at it on screen? His answer was no, definitely not. And he went further with this, and this is from uh, Haley Fouch's article there on .com. He reiterated the statement during a Q&A at a TIFF screening on Monday night saying, I don't see it connecting to anything in the future. This is just a movie. Well, there you go. That's what you hear from Todd Phillips. Hey, let me go to you since you wrote that piece up on this situation. These these responses from Todd Phillips. A, do you like that they're not connected, the Batman and Joker movie? And two, do you believe him? Mm. <laughs> uh, a, yes, I do like that, actually. I've been a pretty vocal supporter of this new direction. DC's going with you know more insular, film-driven, mm. filmmaker-driven films. Whoa. Mm, yeah. uh, <laughs> you got there. A lot of eyes in there. But it, it's just, uh, it's something I prefer to see right now and I think is leading to some interesting results, especially based on the Joker reactions. Mm. And I, I really enjoyed Aquaman. I really enjoyed Shazam. Those movies are, you know, connected, but they're, they're very focused on one story. And I think that by stepping even further, removing those connections mm -hmm. at all, you get to be weirder, you get to be bolder, you get to be R-rated and push the envelope. And that's, that's something that I find very exciting in addition to what they're doing with like Aquaman and Shazam. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all about that. Do I believe it? I, I believe that he believes it. I also believe mm. that those aren't necessarily his decisions to make in the long run, which mm. is why when I wrote my article, it was very much, he says, you know, very strongly, at, no, but to an answer of a question that said anytime soon. Right. And, and things like, there's always wiggle room, and, and ultimately it's up to the studio. So if they, if they see that that's the best path forward then that could happen down the line but i definitely I, I i believe that it's not something we're seeing soon yeah i i think i'm i tend to agree with you i have a hard time believing they would take this vibe of a joker movie that was from the beginning said to be something out of the dceu mainstream out of the connective tissue of this universe and have it on its own uh to all of a sudden now tie it back into the batman and as great as it would be to see robert pattinson and joaquin phoenix go at it I wonder, Riley, if this is uh, something that we're missing, we're, we're going to miss as fans getting a chance to see because of how this whole uh, Joker movie was presented and shot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, on one hand, I, I echo uh, Haley's sentiments. I love that they can go weird mm -hmm. and, and have the freedom to do this without being tied to a universe that would include. Because if you're looking at Joaquin Phoenix, he doesn't look like he fits in the world of an Aquaman or a Shazam, which is what I'm assuming Matt Reeves' Batman is going to somehow connect mm -hmm. to the overall DCEU. So, but take that out of it. I like 
the Joker being a character study right now and not needing Batman and having little Easter eggs in there because I believe Bruce Wayne – or not Bruce Wayne, but uh, Bruce Wayne's father is going to be in yeah. it. So that's great. Now, whether or not he shows up later and Todd Phillips is just lying or, or you know, not mentioning this, yeah. Again, studio politics, maybe it's like further down the line. Mm. I, but again, why do we need it? Yeah. Why, really, when it comes down to this movie getting fantastic reviews right now, I cannot wait to see this movie. Why be bogged down with that need for Batman when we're getting Batman with Robert Pattinson yeah. in another year or two? Fine. This is something that DC is doing that is separating itself from Marvel, which is, guess what? We are going to make some weirdness happen. Yeah. Call it whatever you want. DC Elseworlds, DC Dark, whatever it may be. This is just a win-win for fans. We can get a Joker here that's a wonderful performance that could be nominated, could be an Oscar. Mm -hmm. You know, an Oscar for a, an, a best actor for Joaquin Phoenix with a supporting actor for Heath Ledger. And we all have that mm -hmm. as fans. And then years down the line, we get a Batman movie with maybe Penguin and maybe Riddler, you know, as some of the reports are saying with Matt Reeves or rumors, I should say. And then that sequel introduces a new Joker, whether it's Jared Leto or not, or it's not. But I don't think it's going to be Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix wanted to do this because of the character study, because I don't think he was going to be roped into a number of films yeah. and have to do all these press things. Because if you go back and I believe... Collider did some of these articles and revisiting Doctor Strange. They mm. were mentioning Joaquin Phoenix being up for Doctor Strange, and he mm. ultimately passed because I don't think he wants to, as an artist, right. be roped into a shared universe where it's like, you mean I have to show up in a, a new Avengers for five minutes and say a couple lines, whatever it may be? So this is just good for the fans. More movies, more weirdness, more everything that we can have Batman, we can have Joker. And go on from there. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is all happening only because Robert Pattinson did an, an, a previous interview with Variety yeah. where he kind of, uh, it felt like he had maybe unleashed a spoiler and then had to take it back. And so that started the speculation. Uh, it was uh, the New York Bureau Chief for Variety, Ramin Satuta. He said, at one point in our conversation, Pattinson offers a mundane comment about Joaquin Phoenix, who stars in Joker. A movie he hasn't seen yet before asking to retract it. Oh, shit, he says, adding that he's not accustomed to thinking about spoilers. So people went insane with this. And so Todd Phillips has to now address this situation. See, see I wanted to bring that up because yeah. I think he's just – he even said it. I'm not used to this kind of situation right. yet because I think even back in the Twilight days, it wasn't like, you know, oh, I wonder if, uh, you know, that werewolf <laughs> is going to show up in the, in, in the next movie or whatever it may be. Right. He might have made some kind of comment about Joaquin Phoenix and then being like, uh-oh. Just like Star Wars and Marvel in it, we can't talk about anything. Right. So let's not, like, can you please retract that? It could have been something so, you know, just a non sequitur. It could mm -hmm. have been something just nonchalant, just like, yeah, I would love it one day to have Joaquin Phoenix as I, rep I, I re respect him as an actor. Yeah. And then, you know, DC going, mm -hmm, don't do that, you know, whatever it may be. I just don't buy that. I, I, okay. I think he just made a, a, an off comment. Uh, Haley, if we get... You know, if we go and all go see this Joker movie, and it's incredible, and it does win a Best Picture or a Best Actor or what have you, does that change the narrative here? Because if Matt Reeves' Batman comes out and it feels <laughs> like a gritty 70s movie or 80s movie, or not, whatever gritty film that feels more in line with an art house film or the greatest of the 70s films, then at that point are we denying ourselves um, this possibility of seeing a Joaquin Phoenix Joker and a Robert Pattinson mm -hmm. Batman in a better 
in a, I don't know, better constructed film that feels more, ele- uh, you hate that term, but elevated <laughs> than what we've seen before? Uh, maybe, but I think that's one of those things you have to take it as it comes. I mean, we don't even know for sure the time period of you know Robert Pattinson's film so we don't even know if that crossover is possible or would make sense and I think that really you do eventually run into the problem of what Riley was talking about which is that Walking Phoenix just isn't a franchise guy so there's there's a limit there to I I think how long that can go on unless maybe he finds that he totally loves this experience and and maybe you know Warner's is willing to really Mm -hmm. hold back on press in some regards to accommodate that actor that I could see that happening if he you know wins the Oscar and right. all of that. But I, I just think that ideally that's something you come to after both films are released and then you readdress where mm-hmm. your you know where your film franchise is at, what it needs, what it doesn't need, and what suits the story for both characters. Yeah, and certainly it would be interesting if by the time The Batman comes out, Pattinson might be, what, 34, 35 at that mm-hmm. point? By the time it comes out, Joaquin a little older. So now if the, if the possibility of the future where you get an older Joker against... A younger Batman. There's some real interest on that point, but yeah, I think what you say initially is correct. Like, and 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 uh, Phillips back to some. He he had to chase him down. He didn't want to do multiple things in multiple movies. Yeah, that's how you got Joaquin Phoenix. This mm. movie is, by all accounts, weird. Yeah, uh, takes chances. Is is making people feel uncomfortable. It's it's it's. People are throwing out masterpiece. These are things that you associate with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. You think a studio like Warner Brothers, whose Batman was needed to be added to a Superman movie because they were worried about the Man of Steel box office, so they they had Dawn of Justice come instead of a Man of Steel 2. Right. I don't think think Warner Brothers, Batman is their, like, they're everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could get Joaquin to be interested in a movie that's going to play it, for the most part, a little bit safe right. as far as the Batman character is concerned. Point. The more mainstream approach. Mainstream. Right. They need yep. mainstream for their superhero movies. This yeah. is a chance. This is taking a chance, for sure. Right. But that's how you get Joaquin. If you want to get Joaquin in a Joker, in a Batman movie, make a weird Batman movie. Yeah. Make a Batman movie that takes chances and, and do it that way. But I don't think Warner Brothers would ever go there because he's the crown jewel of their DC characters. Yeah, well, we're going to the Joker comes out on October 4th, so you know, all of us can't wait. Hopefully, we'll get early screenings. Mm. We'll see, but uh, the Batman is scheduled to be released on June 25th, 2021. One last thing I want to throw in here, which is pretty incredible. He, uh, Phillips did another interview here where he talked about, I think it was with the, uh, the New York Times, he talked about it, like I said, he, was, he said uh, Joaquin was not keen on jumping into the costume in any comic book movie. He kept trying to ask him over and over again, and he didn't, he never, Joaquin never said yes to the role. He just kept asking questions until he, uh, he got all the way onto the set. So he never officially ever said yes that he was going to be in the Joker movie. And here he is playing the Joker movie. And the one thing that struck me as well is he lost 52 pounds yeah. to play this character. And when they asked him if there's anyone else he wanted to be in the character uh, to play the role, Phillips said, we wrote it for Joaquin. There yeah. was no one else they wanted in. Uh, exactly. see if, there's, if I got a couple of chat things here. Uh, okay, King and Commoner says, what other villain would you want to see an out-of-universe standalone movie for? Like Ooh. Mr. Freeze, possibly? Are we talking DC or are we talking... I think we're talking anything. Just cut, talk anything? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good question. Mm. Oh. Uh, I... 
I well, it's not one, but I've always really wanted to see a Harley and Ivy movie. That's oh, like yeah. way top of the list for me. And I know okay. we're getting Birds of Prey, but very specifically, the pairing of Harley and Ivy is a, a passion of mine. I like that idea. Uh, um, I mean, I've always loved the idea of a uh, like Lex Luthor. Mm. Just uh, you know, what would he look like without Superman? But then again, it's like Lex Luthor and Superman so tied together. Hey, what about a Catwoman movie with, like, say, Halle Berry? <laughs> would that how work? About, how about Haley Bailey? Can we get Haley, Haley Bailey? Bailey? Yeah, down the road, maybe in a cat, a cat girl movie. Maybe? Right, right. I don't know. I don't. It's certainly possible. Uh, Jay Scott Free asks: Has Joaquin done any sequels? Nothing comes to mind. I don't think he has. I don't think Ooh, he has I either. Mean. That's a good schmodown question, right there. Yeah, that's a good question. Is it? One last thing, Zeno Hour. If the Joker is in Matt Reeves' Batman, would you like to see a revamped Jared Leto Joker or a new actor? And if a new actor, who should play the Joker? My, game, my money is on Bill Hader. Oh, that's a oh, great wow. call. Right? Oh, wow. Wow. Now Bill I, Hader as the Joker would be fantastic. Wow. Now I want Bill Hader to be Joker. In fact, I want Bill Hader to play every role there is in every movie. Yeah, He's agreed. fantastic. That's a great call. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the, the whole Jared Leto. There was so many reports of like Joker and Harley Quinn and mm-hmm. a Joker movie. And then this Joker movie was announced. And then Gotham City Sirens right. and then Birds of Prey. So it was like, where are we with yeah. that kind of stuff? And Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad with James Gunn. Yeah. No Joker in that one. I, I, I haven't heard anything. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that and whether or not they do bring back Leto. I liked it. I think he needed some more time yeah, I, I think, think you, you, I you know think you blame leto for no. his joker in suicide squad that, that, that nobody came out of that film looking good and uh, other than margot robbie obviously right, i mean right. will smith too a little bit but you know they you know um, let me i'm not gonna get into that too much yeah, yeah, okay yeah. well we'll be talking about margot robbie in just a second uh as she, there's news coming out for her tank girl reboot or reimagining that she's producing uh but first let's do some plugs here uh movie talk is moving to a new time slot perry nemroff's got something to say about it let's take a look Hey guys, it's Perry here to let you know that Movie Talk is moving. We've had a great time in this 3 p.m. Pacific slot, but guess what? We want you to start your day with Collider Movie Talk, so we're moving. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to get a longer show with some brand new segments. So tune in starting Monday, September 16th, 9 a.m. Pacific. See you there. It's right around the corner of the 16th there. 9 a.m. Pacific time. We will be doing movie talk in the morning. It's going to be a little bit longer as well. Catching the news right in the morning. A lot to talk about there. So come join us for that. Perry will be back, obviously, to spearhead that effort. Uh, and uh, another plug for you, TIFF reviews. There are reviews of all those TIFF movies I mentioned earlier at the start of the show. They're on our main channel. We've got Ford versus Ferrari, the JoJo Rabbit movie from Taika Waititi, Knives Out from Ryan Johnson, which is getting a lot of love. Beautiful Day in the Hood as well got reviewed. Joker got reviewed. Oh, no, Joker's been reviewed before. Uh, and there were a number of things. So go find that on the Collider.com uh, YouTube channel. Oh, YouTube channel, uh, and there's a lot of reviews on the Collider.com uh, website as well that y'all can read and get excited for as these movies come tumbling down during the fall movie season. All right, let's move on to our next thing, and that's our next story. That's Margot Robbie's Tank Girl. As I mentioned, it has a new director. It has a director, Miles Joris Parafit. Apparently, they'd worked together in a film called Dreamland before, which I have not seen, so I won't pretend as if I had, but they are back together again. She is producing this, Margot Robbie, f- through her Lucky Chap Entertainment Entertainment banner. She has not signed on to be Tank Girl yet. 
Uh, they're waiting for a script, and from what reports are, are saying, she's waiting until the script is finished before she fully commits to playing this role of Tank Girl. Uh, everybody remembers the Lori Petty Tank Girl? That was Hell yeah. The, right on the cusp of when Lori was coming out of League of Their Own and uh, a point break, she was going to take this to the next level. It wasn't that well received. I remember Ice-T in the floppy ears. It was a really <laughs> weird film, but it has grown in estimation, in a lot of people's estimation, in the underground uh, area of love for films as a guilty pleasure or a film that was unfairly uh, vilified when it first came out. It has grown in a lot of people's estimation. And Lori Petty, people still love Lori Petty whenever she shows up in anything like Orange is the New Black. So, all right. So, Riley, I go to you first. You hear this, Margot Robbie. First of all, do we need another Tank Girl movie? And second of all, do you like this director choice? Yeah, I don't know much about the director uh, either. Haven't seen the projects that that you're referencing, okay. Dream, Dreamland, yes. uh, I believe. So, but uh, but the fact that uh, Margot Robbie is doing this, I mean, uh, Margot, I mean, you're taking all the roles here. I mean, <laughs> you are you are. I I actually love this mm-hmm. idea. I think Tinkerel is perfect for her, and I love that she is producing all these things. She is grabbing up material and going, "This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to develop this thing in my own production company." And then with an eye to star in this thing. So she's going to read the script, which yeah. I think is right on right on the money. If she likes it enough, she'll she'll commit as an actress. But she's she is a talent. And so if she has her eye on this right now, then there's something there. And I think if she's excited about it, everything she's done, I, I, I get behind because yeah. she's got some really great taste in, in all of her movies that she's doing. I, Tanya being one of those that I just adore. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, give me Tank Girl with Margot Robbie. And uh, I'm excited to, to learn more about this director because anytime you hear of a, a big name like Margot Robbie that says, I worked with this director, I like them, I want them for this next project, there's something there, and I think audiences can get behind it. Yeah, he, uh, Haley, he worked on his first film was As You Are with Amanda, Amanda Stenberg and Charlie Heaton. Then she, he did Dreamland with Margot Robbie and Travis Fimmel and Garrett Hedlund. And now he's got one. Uh, he's just signed on to write and direct The Hunter and the Fox for Annapurna, which is described as an elevated Kubrickian-type horror thriller. Oh, sure. So, so maybe we're sliding into a different version of Tank Girl than the playful one we saw in the mm-hmm. early 90s. Maybe we are getting a little bit of a harder edge Tank Girl, a little darker Tank Girl, with a little bit of a smile. But little, Do you like this? That's interesting. I really, I, I am one of those people you reference for whom the film has grown in estimation. I, I really dig it a lot. And I enjoyed it as a kid, but definitely had that sort of impression in my head that it was a bad movie. And right. we watched it and was like, this is not bad. This is delightful. So... Mm-hmm. I am loath to say goodbye to that spirit, but mm. it already exists, right? So let's try something new. Let's do something different from the material. And I, I do, though, have to say, if Margot Robbie does take on the role, there is something I really enjoy about the spunkiness she can bring mm-hmm. to a, a role that sure. I think would be a really nice fit. I, I also, I don't, I'm not familiar with the director's work, so I'm not really sure what to take from it. No. Uh, but... It's one of those, she's such a power player in the industry, and I have so much respect for her, the way she's sort of taken a career that was supposed to be the ingenue career and turned, she's like now she's producing major movies, she's producing indie Mm. movies. I think it's amazing, and not all of it works. She had one come out earlier this year called Terminal that was like, all right, but it was a bold swing all the same. It was ambitious filmmaking with a lot of style, and it gave her a great role to sink her teeth into. Mm -hmm. So I'm always excited to see what she's going to do because it's not going to be boring, even if it's not totally successful. Yeah, I agree with you on that end. I think Margot, like, we've seen this many times 
through the years of Hollywood. A beautiful woman shows up. She's incredibly attractive. You know, she does some nudity in the first couple of films you see her in. So she could be easily typecast or put in a box of just uh, just a uh, someone to be objectified on film. She has taken that attention and turned it in inside out and become this burgeoning movie mogul with how she's burgeoning Steven Spielberg with how she's producing all these films and getting involved and she doesn't always star in them so that's good as well she's got one coming out here uh, with Carrie Mulligan promising young woman she's a producer on that so these little things that she is doing step by step she is making the industry respect her as more than just an actress to be objectified she's bringing a little more strength to it Tank Girl is interesting to me because I don't know it's so close Close to Harley Quinn, then yeah. I'm like, yeah. why is this grabbing your interest? Were you a fan of it as a child and you wanted to see a better version? Did you love the original uh, 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 comic from Alan Martin with Jamie Hewlett? Do you, what is it about this property that is attracting her? Because the similarities are hard to escape to Harley mm. Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe she has an idea on how to take the character in a new direction, and that's mm-hmm. why she's doing it, because she sees something that perhaps we don't, you know? That yeah. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe you hit it right on the head. She is a fan of the the Lori Petty movie, and she wants to make a, a, a nice uh, new version of it with some homage to the to the original and, mm. and then take it to a new direction and, and get behind that. And so it, it all goes back to her and everything you said, Roca. She's got something going right now oh, yeah. creatively that – I think that I can trust her from all of her past projects that she has something unique about this spin, and that's why she's doing it. Yep. It's also, I mean, she, I believe, if I remember correctly, is quite a big fan of Harley Quinn growing up, and that's what made her interested in the role. So right. it could be that these are the types of characters she enjoyed yep. growing up, and that's her attachment to them. She likes these kind of, like, spitfire, kooky-type, mm-hmm. unpredictable characters. That I mean, they are similar, but they're different enough that I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect her to cannibalize her own performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it wouldn't make sense to me as someone who kind of grew up loving both of those characters why someone more or less of a similar age to mine would be interested in both of those properties. <laughs> Listen, I would throw Tanya Harding in there. That's another spitfire that has her yeah. own point of view in the world. You can decide if she's a villain or a hero in your own mind. Same thing with Harley Quinn, same thing with Tanker all the time. So to me, I like that. She's just drawn to these kind of characters. So if they're going to get the right script there. And I think hiring this director, who she's worked on, worked with already on Dreamland, is her moving one step closer to starring in this project for sure. And then depending on who they get to write it and if they get a a good script out of this thing that her stepping in hopefully leads to a success because a lot of people love the original tank girl comic and so yeah. and you know the, the as we said the movie wasn't as well received as people would have liked but it would be nice to see an overall well done film that a lot of people can get behind and push forward the rumors for the uh, uh story are uh, that it may find tank girl teaming with a fellow outlaw named Jet Girl and a group of rebels to rise up and destroy a tyrannical government that has seized control of the already scarce water supply. All right. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. That's, that's life sometimes. Uh, you, can go see, uh, uh, you can go see her now in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, it's still out there. She's coming up with two more films, the Fox News drama Bombshell and oh, yeah. Kathy Ann's, of course, Birds of Prey. That is coming uh, as well. And then Suicide Squad will be out soon enough. All right. We've got some uh, chat questions from you all. Want to throw in before we wrap this thing up. Uh, J. Scott Frio wants to know, best tank movie. I did like Fury quite a bit. Best tank 
movie. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. <laughs> Hands good, down. Good choice. Yeah. All right. Fury was the one I thought of, yeah, too. Fury. And it's it's like it came to mind so quickly that it's hard to argue with it. For That's my, fair. My, it's a great movie. I love Fury. I love Fury. It, it, yeah. it does not get enough love. And Fury's a fantastic film. Yeah. I wonder where Bibiani put that on his war films list. I want to take a look. Uh, I don't know. There it is. Check Do it out. If we put it on. It's on the dot com right now if you want to yeah. go read that. That's right. I give a shout out to Bibs. There you go, Bibs. Uh, He's a good writer. He's a good writer. He's a fantastic writer. I yeah. always say that. Uh, that's uh, Kelly's Heroes is another one I would throw in there. That's a fantastic tank movie as they go and try to get that gold. Clint Eastwood. Uh, let's see. Micah wants to know, since DC can get directors like Ava DuVernay and Matt Reeves, what other named directors do you think DC can get? Mm. Oh. oh. How they were close with Matthew Vaughn and Man of Steel 2. Right? Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. The hell's going on, Warner Brothers? Where's my Man of Steel 2? <laughs> why do you just bring up hurtful things, <laughs> Riley? Because it's, it's kind of a tradition now. Every time mm-hmm. I'm movie talk, I, I bring up uh, Man of Steel 2. Because, All right, yeah. yeah. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? All right. <laughs> I think uh, they can, I mean, they can probably get mostly who they want to. I mean, not that every filmmaker wants to make these types of movies, but certainly people want to get paid and see things that are recognized and seen and released yeah. in theaters, which is harder and harder to do. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's more a matter of who do they want in their stable. Warner Brothers is traditionally a very filmmaker-driven, haha, I got it that time, yeah. uh, studio, and they tend to continue to work with the filmmakers that they bring on board. You see that also in New Line, there, you know, where they do a lot of their more mid-budget horror stuff. There's yeah. a lot of loyalty with filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. look at Muschietti. Exactly. He's going to be doing right. Yeah, and I, I'm James telling you Wan. what, James Wan, but Muschietti doing the Flash. Mm-hmm. I hope that stays. Because Me The Flash too. has been yeah. so many directors in and out of there. Right. Muschietti doing Flash. Yes, please. Give it to me now. Yeah. Uh, I would throw in Alejandro Landis, who I just saw that film, Monos, that's coming oh. out. You guys mm. got to see that film. It's a fantastic film. I think after watching that film, he said he makes such great use of the Colombian jungle and forest that I think he's set to create kind of an unusual type of superhero film. He'd be someone that I would encourage DC to take a look at and pitch something to. Um, also, who's the, uh, I forget her name, the actress, some, oh, the director sometimes, she was done to do that Chris Pratt movie, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Michelle McLaren. Michelle McLaren. Michelle McLaren. Michelle McLaren. It's about time Michelle McLaren comes into some kind of superhero yeah. Yeah, film, she was, for God's sakes. What, she was on Thor. No, she was going to do Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And then she yep. left. It was yep. Jenkins who was on Thor who yep. then went over yeah. to Wonder Woman. Yep. Yeah. I would also, um, just because we, we just had her on The Witching Hour, and I'm obsessed with her, her movie that's making the Say festival it. rounds right now, Jennifer Reeder. It's yeah. not probably not who oh, you were thinking. I thought you were but, going Jennifer Kent. Uh, yeah. Oh, but that would be amazing, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we just <laughs> had... Uh, a second Joker movie. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. We just had Jennifer Reeder on. She's a very indie, artsy filmmaker. Mm. And Perry asked, like, you know, do you want to make those types of movies? And she was like, hell yes. Yeah. Give me a superhero movie. So give her a superhero movie. There you go. Those are some nice choices. One last question before we wrap up here. It's from Steve Calderon. Do you think we will see Jack Nicholson make a cameo in Doctor Sleep? <laughs> oh, Danny, well, Danny. well, and they use the de aging technology because clearly he wouldn't be old. Do Jack. you think Jack Nicholson gets out of bed for cameos these days? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, let me ask you I this: I think there's enough zeros on the check. Yeah, maybe. Well, they we we know that um, Flanagan did uh, recreated. Right, um, yeah. recreated some of the shining stuff. He did. So, could they use the likeness of it and like kind of mm-hmm. 
I don't know, put um, some special effects on it and, and make it look like mm. Jack Nicholson without because, I mean, there's, I, I don't know. I've read the book, so um, yeah. there's there's definitely some, you can maybe go there. I don't know. There's, mm. I mean, by nature of the story, there's opportunity to. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's been confirmed, but there were rumors that there was an actor playing that role already. Mm, okay. Uh, but that's again not confirmed, so they can do whatever they want still. Yeah, and it looks like they're doing the ending of the movie, which is different from the book mm-hmm. yes. because the book is—I don't want to spoil books or movies or anything mm-hmm. uh, and old movies like this. But <laughs> yeah, we could see. We'll, 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 I, I think it could work. I'll just yeah. say that if you could. But if you follow the book, if you follow something. the, there's something. Yeah. But Jack Nicholson? No, he ain't getting out no. of bed for this no. cameo. No. No, no, he's busy. Yeah. He's busy Wait, doing what? whatever he wants that's to true. do. That's true. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, yeah, he's Jack Nicholson. He can do what he wants. I think, yeah. I think it'd be nice for him to come back and do something like this. You know, I don't know. Donate the money to charity. I'm just saying, Jack, you can do it, Jack. Jack uh, doesn't care about you, Roka. He doesn't. That is the worst Jack Nicholson impression. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think one of my favorite pictures, I don't know if it's real or not, is someone handing him a picture of Heath Ledger's Joker asking him to sign it. And Jack's face is just pure anger. Oh. Pure <laughs> disgusted anger. It's one, I don't know if it's a real picture, but I love the picture whenever I see it on my phone. I saved it. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching this episode of Collider Movie Talk. Really appreciate you all taking the time to watch or to listen to us. I got a couple of more coming up this week, and the Perry slides back in on Friday. So thanks to everybody who's been coming along the journey. It's been such a blast. And please, thanks for dealing with my, my stumbles and my uh, run-on sentences that I do sometimes <laughs> when I host. I want to thank Haley Fouch for coming on the thank show again. You. Read her, all her stuff on Collider.com, covering all kinds of things there. Uh, Mark Riley over there, producer Collider. Live, a lot of stuff going on on your end as well, right, brother? Uh, yeah, yeah, lots of good stuff at Collider Live. Check it out every morning, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And uh, Riley Roundtable will drop on Thursday, and I have director Nick Simon coming on. Nice. Writer and director Nick Simon coming nice. on, so that'll nice. be fun. I was back on last week. We were talking the Joker movie. If you haven't, yeah, watched, check that one out. Yeah, you haven't listened to that Riley Roundtable, you will enjoy that one. Thanks to Adam Smith in the booth there. Thanks to Cody Hall as well, and thanks to Dorian Park who's over there buying me some fresh bread from whatever bread shop he's at right now. Thank you, Dorian. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon tomorrow. 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on uh, Collider Movie Talk. Again, take care. Until then, people. It's that little chico, Pete Pooh, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.